What I'm here to do today is to announce and to inform you that FFA has taken a very difficult and tough decision to postpone the final rounds of the Hyundai A-League. The postponement is effective uh, immediately. I'd like to stress that the FFA has arrived at this decision and football comes to you today with a united voice. This is a unanimous decision of the FFA board, but it is also the unanimous position of each of the Hyundai A-League clubs. And the decision has been made with the, in consultation, I should say, with the National Working Committee that we've established for coronavirus. That includes, in addition to FFA and the clubs, the member federations and also the, the PFA. Um, the FFA will review this situation, this postponement of the league in the coming weeks, and a further status assessment is now scheduled for April 22nd. Yeah, so it's come to this, unfortunately. The A-League is set to join the number of sports leagues that have been postponed due to the coronavirus, and that means this will be the last original Brisbane Football Review for the time being. It's James Scott and Adam here with you, as we've got, well... Let's be honest, there's still quite a bit to talk about tonight. How are you, Scott? I'm good, James, and all considering. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Adam, how about you? Yeah, good. It's uh, been one of those really, really tough weeks, but I think, you know, it could be a lot worse, put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. This is, of course, being recorded under the uh, general umbrella of, you know, we talk about football. There are much more important things going on than football, but we're still here to try and provide a little bit of levity and entertainment to the situation and most importantly yeah entertainment so we've got a bit to talk about today we're going to cover the two main things that I suppose we've got to cover and that being the postponement of the A-League indefinitely although I feel like it's going to be at least a couple of months and then following that uh, we'll also look back on the Raw's final game uh, to this point of the 2019-2020 A-League season which was a 1-0 win over the Newcastle Jets in the meantime, <clears throat> as I just clear my voice there, good good start, uh, we've got uh, contact, contact information, Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com, uh, Facebook, The Raw Review, Twitter, at BNE Football, where the live match coverage will be back when the football is back. Then we've also got, uh, what else, uh, podcast, iTunes, Wooshka, Spotify, you can listen to full archives of that, I believe that's about right. Ah, uh, yeah, it's... Uh... Yeah, plenty of archives. Four seasons worth, in fact. Yeah. yeah several seasons worth. Anyway, uh, why don't we get right into it? And yeah, as you heard at the start of the, of the show, that was James Johnson, the FFA CEO, announcing this morning, as we're recording, that the A-League is being postponed indefinitely. And I suppose the big question here, Scott, is are you at all surprised? No, I don't think so. To be honest with you, James, I thought we were going to be discussing this last week on the shows, but we got an extra week out of the league, so we got an extra few games, but... Given everything that's happened around the world and in our country in the last couple of weeks, this was inevitable, it was coming, and it was only a matter of when. Yeah, it was very much a case of on 
I think it was Sunday when they announced that borders were going to be closed between state certain states. That's when it basically became a case of well, it's it's inevitable now. And when the AFL was the first of the three remaining football codes in action to pull the plug, it was a case of that was that. Yeah, look, it was always it was always going to be a domino effect. It was just going to be see which of the the three major leagues left standing that was going to go first. And AFL took their chance on Sunday, NRL, you know, Monday, and I guess in this morning it was uh, the A League. But look, at the end of the day, um, it's one of those things where I think this the public backlash would have been you know extreme if they kept on going. So I think it's the most prudent choice at this moment. Yeah, definitely. All right, now uh, we're going to do a quick throw to a clip here from this morning's press conference. This is what uh, James Johnson had to say about what led to the decision. Now for, for this decision remains the same. We were comfortable taking the initial decision to allow the league to proceed, but we always did it on the understanding that this is a evolving virus. It's moving quickly, and we needed to be responsive at all times and we need to react quickly. We alluded in a public statement on Sunday that we were prepared, if necessary, to take tough decisions, to take difficult decisions, and this is precisely what we've done today. The decision which was taken last night, announced this morning, was uh, a result of the increased um, state and national um, requirements now, in particular the, the, the border controls that the states have implemented and also New Zealand, and as a national competition, a competition that is played in almost all parts of Australia, it's also played in New Zealand, mission complicated became mission. So Scott, I suppose knowing what went into the decision, it was more a case of just practicality rather than just out and out health concerns. What do you make of that? I think it. I think it very well was about practicality. I mean, both the NRL and the A League both made this move yesterday when Queensland said they were going to shut our borders here as of Wednesday night. I think it is that made it impossible for those two codes to coexist between Queensland and New South Wales. I just think that I don't think the health did play a factor, though, James. I know James Johnson said they could play on based on the advice that they were given, but given everything that's been happening, the rapid increase of of cases around the country and the fact that all other common public gathering spaces have been closed, it just meant really, even if the advice was you could play on, it just became inevitable that you couldn't play. Yeah, I absolutely agree on that. It's just a case of uh, practicality. Um, but like I said, as I said before as well, I think just socially at the moment for the A-League to sort of say, oh, you know, we're going to keep playing despite everything that's going on, it wouldn't play well in the sticks. And the, and the A-League is not the most popular thing at the moment out there. So it's, I agree, the logistics just became impossible. But even if they did try to trudge on with like that Operation New South Wales or whatever they were trying to do, it just would have been the point where, you know what, a lot more people would have been pretty upset with the A-League and football in general than, you know, accepting it. I can't get too upset about that. It's also not just in this country as well, James. You've also got the fact that New Zealand is shutting their borders, I think, Friday night now. So if you had said to Wellington, you've got to stay here and complete the season, then they wouldn't be able to get home. That would have been an absolute disaster. So it's not just the fact that the state borders in this country are shut. It's also international borders are becoming seriously shut now, not just restrictive, but they're closing them completely. And that was a big factor as well, yeah, I Yeah, absolutely. There's just 
far too many factors working against the idea that you can complete the league, not only just practically, but safely as well. And I, I feel like, you know, given the way things have changed over the last few weeks, the prudent decision is essentially to maybe err on the side of being overly cautious when it comes to something like this. But that's just me. What do I know? All right. Um, next clip that we're going to throw to. Look, that's, that's the one thing. Oh, yep. You go. I was just going to say, as as with um, as we were saying last week, they were one case away from you know, getting shut down anyway. So it's like thankfully that you know this has come to an end with no cases, no players being you know infected or anything like that. So at the end, I think that's a good thing. We should also mention we are maintaining safe social distancing by recording over Skype. So if there is a little bit of internet lag in the audio, <laughs> we do apologise for that. But uh, well, let's be honest, it probably wasn't fair to ask you two to drive over here just for the sake of recording for the next half hour or so. That studio's a bit too short for the current social distancing protocols anyway, James, so it wasn't practical Definitely. anyway. It just means you also get to miss out on seeing the puppy, but that's more punishment for you guys than me, I suppose. <laughs> I've got one of them here anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway. I've, got th- I've got three cats to keep me company. exactly well i think we're going to be all relying on a little bit of uh, a at-home company for the foreseeable future now let's go on to the next clip that we've got which is james johnson talking about just what he sees as the overall impact for football in australia i don't think it's something limited to to football or to sport this is an issue for business around the world at the moment um it's true there is uh, uh there are going to be some difficulties all over the world financially this is this is a, a reality. For Australian football, we, we will feel this. We will feel uh, the financial pressure on the game at all levels. Um, FFA will, will feel this. The clubs will feel this. The players will feel this. The game will feel this. Um, now, what will that impact be? We, we, we have to see. Um, we have to see. Our focus right now and up to date has been on looking after our, our people um, and how we deal now as a code, um, as stakeholders within the sport, with the financial impact that coronavirus um, will have made, this is something that um, we'll be paying. We'll be paying extremely close attention to um, from the uh, closure of this this conference. The game will survive. This this I'm absolutely sure. Will we need to make changes? Will things look different? I say yes. Okay, so that was James Johnson there. It, look, it's fair to say that. Football is not the only code in Australia that is going to be suffering from the raft of postponements and everything else going on. Um, but we are a football-focused podcast, so you know I'm happy to put the code wars aside and broaden the discussion here and say, look, we've heard the AFL talking about having to potentially cull 80% of their staff. And again, code wars aside, that is just brutal. It sucks, and I, it's not something that you wish on anybody. But I just yeah feel like overall there's too much... And it's going to be the same with the NRL. And unfortunately, it's not going to be easier for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think it's going to be the same in the A-League as well. Unfortunately, James, a lot of staff are going to be either laid off completely or told you have to take holidays or you won't be able to be paid until the league resumes. And that's just a, that's just a, a, sad, a sad consequence of this global pandemic that we're going through at the moment. Plenty of people who have seen James have lost, lost their livelihoods in the last week. And unfortunately, in the sporting industry, it's going to be the same same all over so it's just one of those things that's unfortunate we have to cope with i will say i like the way james Jonathan spoke this morning about that practically but also not 
not too doom and gloom. And so yes, there's obvious challenges that are coming, but they've got they're working on a plan to overcome those. And I do think the game will survive. It's just what shape that's in in two, three, four month time, whatever it is. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, definitely. And as you said, uh, when uh, we were talking this morning, Scott, that he, like, you were a big fan of the way that James Johnson handled that press conference. Adam, what do you think about that? Yeah, look, it was one of those. Um, it was one of those things where I guess, you know, again, it's a case of um, look, the game is gonna is gonna change. I think well, our lives are gonna change as a result of this COVID nineteen. So it's just a case of the best way forward, the best practical way forward. Um, I think as far as there's been talk about player wage cuts and all that, I don't think it's going to be so bad in the A-League. I think because it's a world market, we're sort of the, our, our wages are compressed, but for the likes of uh, NRL and AFL, they're going to have a major decisions as far as that. And I don't think you're going to have players on a million dollars a season in those codes. I think the market and what's left of it is just sort of cut that. Whereas I think the A-League, I think this other than you know, your big marquee players, which there's normally third-party perspective, support and whatnot, um, I think mostly the, the uh, wages are going to stay all right. And I don't think players are going to need to take pay, pay cuts. And also working in their favour as well is the fact that it is the end of the season as opposed to the two winter codes as well, or three winter codes mm. actually with Super Rugby. Uh, but I do, like, it, it's not great that you're seeing a lot of these people, you know, because, yeah, I know a lot of the focus is on the big name players that would be on, you know, high six, even seven figures per season. But... You do also have to remember, like the bottom of uh, the bottom of the squad guys that might not be earning as much, or the guys that are probably only going to be earning the, I don't want to say bare minimum, but whatever the CBA mandated minimum salary is, it's still not a huge amount. No, it's a good point, James. I mean, you think look, most clubs have a large number of scholarship players. That may very well be a program that just gets scrapped by the wayside now, unfortunately, which may mean less younger players get a chance going forward. But also, it's not just players; it's also the backroom staff, the extended coaching staff, it's the front office. A lot of people who, a lot of people listening to this know the faces of a lot of people at Brisbane Roar and some of those people may not be able to be kept on, at least in the short term. And that's that's the human element of this that I think really does need to be kept in mind. So players will always be able to get some money for their trade either in this country or overseas, but it's the people in the front office that are probably going to be hurting the most, at least in the short term, James. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's not really a whole lot you can say that doesn't sound overly hollow at the moment, but you do hope that those people are able to find a way to get by, you know, in the short term and whatever their long-term future holds as well. Anyway. Yeah, look, it's... It's just one of those things, yeah. It's, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, it's it's part of the process. And look, it's just, I think... Let's just everyone hope that it's uh, the football's back and foot and back soon. Yeah, definitely. And look, we know it's for for at least the three of us. It is you know still well. It's not fun seeing you know our favourite sport wind up getting cancelled. But all things considered, it's small potatoes compared to some of the other things that are going on. So look, we'll just make of it what we can and keep moving on now to. We do have a clip of um, James Johnson with the Fox broadcast deal because that's the next part of this that I do want to get onto because it does kind of lead into the final area as well, talking about how late the A-League can finish because that does seem like that's a big factor in terms of making sure that the rest of the season, or at least as close to the rest of the season as possible, is still able to be played because it seems like there are contractual obligations there to Fox, which I know we have not been big fans of some of their 
broadcasting decisions this year, but they have, you know, been a major contributor to the A-League over the 15-plus seasons that it's been around. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, I think for this year, you made a good point, James. Our season is about 90% complete, so they should have received the large majority of this year's TV money. It's it's, it's the years going forward that are the real question mark. There's a, a lot of smoke around that they are looking for an out, and that's why the independence of the league has not gone through as quickly as people would have liked because that, that could have potentially been a potential out for Fox Sports going forward. And now, if they cannot complete this season, James, that's a very obvious out. They didn't fulfil a contractual obligation. That's quite an easy out. But it would be a very um, very callous move if Fox Sports were to, to jump on something like this and say, if this is the way we're going to get out of a contract. It would be extremely disappointing. And they've been a great partner for the league for a long time. And you would, if, they did, if they are going to leave the league at some point, you would hate for it to be over something like this. I think also as well, the one thing we want to consider is that will there even be a Foxtel around when there's um, when sort of everything goes back to normal? Because like I said, the, with all the live sport around the world that's, that's, that's been cancelled, I think people are going to start asking questions. Do I still want that Fox Sports part of the subscription? Like maybe, maybe Foxtel itself might be okay because obviously a lot of self-isolation and whatnot, but one real sort of aspect that God that God take into consideration about the Fox Sports platform is that will it even be there in you know, two or three months? If, if, if like I said, if, if they're not getting income and people are cancelling um, that part that part of the package or even just cancelling Foxtel completely, what to do for them financially? Well, that's actually a very good point, and you've set me up perfectly with that, Adam. Well, uh, I did see Richard Bayless from Optus Sport saying that uh, Optus, at least, is um, I think they're not taking payment from customers while all the live football that they've gone and bought the rights to uh, is not airing. So you could wind up seeing a similar move from Fox Sports for that. But it does also set up, in my opinion, the possibility of a market correction a little bit where maybe we might see leagues that can't be so reliant on the TV money, not just here, but I'm talking about overseas as well where you've got you know the premier league which let's be honest has become the financial behemoth that it is by and large because of the massive tv deals that they've got and you know we all follow us sports as well that are essentially propped up by mega tv deals and you could see that these networks aren't able to offer anywhere near as much money as they're used to getting as they're used to giving so we could see a bit of a correction in terms of these leagues and clubs maybe having to find ways to become a little bit more, I don't want to say self-sustaining, but a little bit more creative in the ways that they earn income. Yeah, it's a good point. I think um, there's going to be a market correction all over the world in a whole bunch of different industries, and sport's going to be a big part yeah. of that. I mean, every every element of sport is going to have a market correction. TV rights, player salaries, everything is going to have a market correction. And I don't think Australian football is going to be immune to that or any, any, other, any other industry in the world. It's not going to be one industry that cops this, it's going to be every industry that has this. So market correction is something that's just going to have to happen over the next not coming months or weeks or however long this is. Yeah, look, I absolutely agree with Scott. And that's the thing. And the thing is, is that, yeah, like it, like at the end of the day, football might be back in a month, six weeks, two months time. But financially speaking, it could be five years before we even get close to that, that the, the market has contracted that much and the value on the stock exchange for a lot of publicly traded companies, that includes you know, television companies, everything. 
It's, it's gone back. It's going to take years for that to recover. So I think, yeah, market correction certainly is a word that's going to come up a lot over the next few years, in, especially in the business of sport. Yeah, and also, James, when the leagues do get back, I mean, we talked about this in our group chat today, there's, it's, they're not, it's not going to go from a complete shutdown to crowds if you're in the AFL, 100,000 people nah. at the MCG, for example. It's going to be leagues are back, and now we're back in this sanitised environment we've seen over the last weekend where there's no crowd and there's only essential staff there. I think we're going to go through a month or maybe even two months of that kind of sport before we even get back to even the consideration of crowds. Because you think back to the announcement on Sunday with all these public venues being closed potentially for up to six months. And you can't, I can't imagine sporting venues being opened before those things open. So it could be a while before any of us are back in a stadium watching sport, unfortunately. Yeah. That is I'll, I'll cool. give you, I'll, I'll give you a tip right now that I will get, even if the A-League gets back and can complete by June 30, it will not be in front of a live crowd. Yeah, I think you may be right. And that is the last point on this that I did want to touch on as well is the case of, Despite some of the rumours that were going around on Twitter last night, the fact that uh, this is being classed as a temporary suspension of the A-League, not just um, not just an out-and-out cancellation of the rest of the season. So let's hear what uh, James Johnson had to say this morning about just how late he can see the league re- resuming. I, I don't want to. I don't want to get into that at the moment. I mean, we've got to sit down with with the league, with Gregor Rourke and the team, and. Again, we've got to look at what is happening, um, how is this moving, um, when is it possible to, to lift the, the, the postponement, and if it is possible and when it is possible, then we've got to really, I think, ask those questions and, or answer those questions at that point in time. Okay, so on that, I came up with a bit of a rough schedule last night, which to me sees the A-League being able to return, play every regular season match that they still have to play, and have a 14 final series and have it finished in the space of 28 days. Now, I'm not going to run you through it, but the long story is you basically have uh, midweek games, so Wednesday or Wednesday night, Tuesday night, whatever it needs to be, and then you also have your regular weekend matches, so you've got 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. Those are all played in the space of three weeks or 17 days, actually. No, I beg your pardon, 21 days, I can't count. And then you have semi-finals on Wednesday and then the grand final on the Saturday or Sunday night. Season's done. Obviously, it's not the conclusion we all want. But if nothing else, that's basically just going to be how we get the 2019-2020 uh, A-League season concluded. It's one possibility, James. It's really interesting because a number of different leagues around the world are really grappling with this issue of when do we come back and at what point do we just say, right, we have to move on to the next season. I've seen... The NRL today say that they can't start past September 1st. If they start after that, they cannot get a season done in 2020 and they have to wait for the new year. But then you hear things like the Premier League saying, we don't care how long this goes for. We are going to wait and we are going to finish our season before we start the next one. And if that means running into the start of the next year, so be it. I think the NBA and the NHL have done similar over in America, James. So it's a really interesting one depends on, depending on how you want to look at it. I think Practically, if you want to start the next A-League season in the in the in the expected time frame, I think your plan of finishing no later than July makes a lot of sense because they have to have their mandatory four weeks off. This period now isn't going to count as their end of season break. They're still going to have to have a four week break after that. And then they're going to need a proper preseason, which they'll need anyway after this break. Whenever this finishes, if they start in June, James, they're going to need two or three weeks before that to get fitness up again anyway. So. 
I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they work it. I think your time frame of about June 1 starting would be ideal. I think that's what a lot of people are hoping for, but we'll have to wait and see what's possible. I mean, the curve seems to be changing by the weeks, by the day, I beg your pardon, so we'll have to see what's possible, but who knows. Yeah, look, uh, one point of distinction from, you know, we're, we're lucky in football that games can be played, you know, once every three or four days, whereas, you know, the where the NRL especially and, and the AFL, they, their, um, their, their PFA, um, for lack of a term, so the, their, uh, the player associations, they mandate five-day breaks. So it has to be one round a week. Uh, so, look, it's the same with the NFL as well. You can't play midweek games. I, like I said, I remember the only time that I can remember the NFL, uh, other than a lockout strike, where there was actually a... Um, where we've had to reschedule games, was actually in the back of 9-11. And they actually played an extra week after. So it's a very different thing for football that, you know, at least then you can play three or four games, which means, you know... Back up and running June 1 for a June 30 finish, um, that is very possible. For those other codes, they're right. Um, they don't have that luxury, but they've got to, but then again, they've got to December. Well, that's it. And I suppose this is the one advantage of the much heckled, stupidly long offseason that the A League has is the fact that, okay, yeah, they tend to start in October now, you know, early, mid, late, whatever it is. Silver lining, I suppose, is the fact that. Realistically, they could possibly even push the start of the season as late as, I would say, after the November international break next year. I admit that would be less than ideal, but basically, you know, if you had to extend this season even into July... Now, there's an issue on players' contracts I'll get to after I finish this thought, but first Mm. of all is the fact that um, you could possibly finish the season as late as July, uh, and then you wind up having, you know your four-week break through to the end of August. you got then two months of pre-season with the truncated FFA Cup. And by truncated, I mean you still have your national round of 32. Like, And I'm sure the NPL will be back by that by June, July as well anyway. Um, you get all that. You know, that's all sorted and played out by mm. November as well. And the FFA Cup for these A-League clubs is essentially their pre-season. Kick off the season round one, and then maybe you do just have to go back to that busy... January period that we saw during the Asian Cup uh, last year, which I know everyone complained about. Uh, but again, it's just a case of finding the least unbearable scenario. And my point as well on the players' contracts as well, surely this is a point where the people who are running the A-League, you know, the club chiefs that are on that four-person committee and the PFA can, you know, try and work out some sort of deal where you say, okay, yes, every player contract that was set to expire May 31, which is apparently 50% of the league, we can just agree to extend those through to July 31st or whatever and come up with some sort of creative way to make it work, Scott? Yeah, I think that's what will happen, James. Don't forget the PFA and the A-League are also in the middle of negotiations for the next CBA, so I can't imagine either side will want to do anything that's going to put those negotiations in jeopardy. So I just imagine... That would be a pretty quick and easy conversation, James, for players who contracts to expire May 31. If they do wish to leave, if they don't want to renew their contract beyond that, maybe one or two cases they won't, but the majority you'll see they will stay on until the season finishes. And I think you're right about the point you make about the league starting later around November time is entirely possible because the NPL isn't going to be finishing in August either. So that's going to be running later. So you will be able to almost to be able to run the FA Cup it's almost, you can almost start that in September, James, if you wanted to. Start that a month, six weeks later. Let that run on a normal timetable, but start at September. Maybe it finishes 
around Christmas or something like that. So maybe it runs into the start of the A-League because it's this is going to be a unique situation that we have to work through. But I do think the players, I do think the majority will stay on. Because I, I think the majority will stay on. I think the fact, we've seen the fact that Wellington, the effort they made to to come to Australia and potentially play these games, it's not going to happen now. But the fact that they were willing to do that, the fact that apparently every player was made, given the opportunity to not play over the weekend and they were all made themselves available, I think given those sort of things are happening, I imagine the players will play on. And as well, just quickly before we go to you, Adam, I did want to also mention that like this uh, 2021 2020-2021 season was supposed to, like in my mind, was supposed to be a season that was going to start a little bit earlier anyway to accommodate what's going to be a completely messy 22-23 uh, football calendar with the Winter World Cup in Qatar as well. So there's just that's just another fact that they're going to have to consider as well when it comes to trunk, possibly like shortening or condensing the time frame of the 2020-21 season. Yeah, look, just just a couple of points. Just go back one point. Um, as far as yeah, the, the contracts go. Look, I can't I can't see why they can't agree just to freeze the contracts. Like they're, that now basically as as of March twenty three, every contract stops. And then you know for those who whose contracts are supposed to expire on June thirty, um, basically you just make up the time afterwards. I think that's probably you would hope that's unless there's players out there that actually are, are using that to get out of their contract now. I think the fairest thing is say, you know what, we're not playing, there's no opportunity to, to earn your money, so therefore you're not contracted, therefore just freeze the contract and go beyond that. Um, and look, as far as the actual uh, calendar goes, um, look, it's going to be very, very messy because, um, like I said, Copper America has been postponed. The Olympics now might be even, um, you know, will also cl- may confirmed. also clash as well. So, so, so yeah, look... Um, it's going to be uh, very, very interesting times. The football calendars, you know, for FIFA, for the AFC, and even to, even here at home, had, trying to juggle all that. And even and even um, one issue that I know came up in that um, James Johnson press conference is what happened to Dante Milicic. He's he's contracted to um, take over Macarthur Bulls uh, in a couple of months' time. Yet now the well, the Matildas campaign will. Well, that's the other question that came up in the in the so there is there is so much that's been unpacked from this that you know that not everything was answered today, but uh, look, there are going to be there's more questions than answered at the moment. Yeah, definitely, and look, there's just so much that I think is going to have to be worked through, not just from an A League perspective, but from a football and polar sport. Um, look, I'm going to be totally honest, guys. I've kind of had enough talking about this, so I'll give you each chance to have uh, final thoughts on this. Uh, we'll start off with you, Scott. Oh, look, it's an unfortunately unavoidable situation, James. It's something we're just going to have to work through and see what happens on the other side of it. I think for the, ma- for the, main, for the meantime, people are just going to have to follow the public advice and stay safe and avoid public contact wherever you can and just hopefully we can get to the other side of this as soon as possible. Over to you, Adam. Yeah, look, uh, at the end of the day, uh, there's two points I want to make. Firstly, I, as a football fan, am a, you know, I feel a lot more confident that having someone like James Johnson in charge. You know, the way he handled it today was exceptional. I think I've been impressed with him since you know he first took over. I think he is the he is the guardian you want you know to lead football through these dark times and out the other side. Um, look, I, I'm I'm more certain football will be back. Maybe not as we know it as it is right now. And and for those who for those who are sort of you know going around trolling on social media saying, oh, it's the death of the A-League. Well, guess what? It ain't. 
yeah, on that as well. I feel like if you've said, you know, six different things in the last three years of quote-unquote the death of the A-League, maybe you're not going to get taken seriously this time. And just, yeah, echoing that, Adam, I'm... Look, it sucks, but it's a completely understandable course of action that they've Absolutely. taken to postpone this. And, yeah, we just, as you said, Scott, you know, the sooner uh, we can all get this sorted. I almost swore for the first time in nearly four <laughs> years, but uh, on the podcast, I swear a lot when we're not recording. But anyway, if we can just yeah, get through this as quickly as possible, that would be ideal. In the meantime, I suppose we're just going to have to make do and... Uh, Try and follow the bets, follow the advice that we've got, and see how that all plays out. In the meantime, before you start a break, James, um, uh, we're not gonna... Adam makes the the point Adam makes is a really, really good one about James Johnson. He gives you so much confidence that he's got the game's best interest at heart. And listening to him today, it's the sort of leadership that we haven't heard from the last couple of CEOs of the um, the FFA. We just haven't heard people talking like that about the game. And it does give you tremendous confidence going forward. But you think back to season one, James. It was football, but not as you know it. Really is Might now. Go back to the future with that slogan. Yeah, hey, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, we were going to throw to a break here, but I think we're just going to have to basically just power on because I don't think there's really too much we've got to say about Friday night's game down at Rabina, is there? was the least interested I've been in an A-League game for a very long time, James. It just felt like it meant nothing, didn't it? It was just a completely... I know we said surreal experience last weekend, but it was just, yeah, watching the raw play on the Gold Coast, like... It kind of actually gave me a little bit of a flashback to when they had to move a game down there, or move two games down there in 2011 after the floods. And it was just a case of like, okay, other stuff's going on, but we still need to get this played. Adam? With the the biggest highlight of that game, with the exception of Scott McDonald scoring again, is how how good uh, Richard Raw and um, uh, Josh, I think his name escapes me, yeah, um, actually show, showing up you know, and showing their support. Um, look, that's you know, that, I can't say a good enough thing. You know, it just shows the passion of football supporters that you know. And even even I also give credit to um, Will Percy from uh, Melbourne City as well. You now down at at Gosford as well. Look, you know, they're, they're fans you want to back, and just shows that the spirit of the game is there. But look, it's unfortunate the way it's sort of all gone down. And look, but the game itself, you know, you'll take the three points. But at this point, you know, we don't even know if it's going to mean anything. Well, it doesn't really also, count. Also, one for thing too about much. the game, James. Oh, sorry, go ahead, James. I was just going to say, like, we don't know if it's going to count for too much. You know, when the Raw do get back to playing, whenever it is, because the momentum that they have built in twenty twenty is basically just coming to a screeching halt now. Yeah, they've had the best league form in 2020 and that unfortunately is going to have to come to an end and we might resume it in two, three months' time. We might not. We'll have to wait and see. But the one thing I did like out of the game was the way Merz Muradovic was holding the ball up, particularly in the first half. It was He didn't score on Friday night, but I thought it was his best game. You really saw the way the Raw were, able, were coaching him to hold the ball up and bring others into play. And that was a really good, pleasing element of watching the game. But you're right, we don't know what the result's going to mean in, in future. But that was at least something I did enjoy. On that as well, Muradovic, he's a very, very smart player. Adam? Yeah, look, um, that's the thing is, I, I I point out, you know, Scott McDonald, you know, as well, because he's the guy scoring all the goals at the moment. But, yeah, Merz Muradovic, he's, he's uh, sort of, you know, really, you know, taking his opportunities, you know. And like I said, and we, and as, as a sort of young player, you expect him, you know, it's just, it's a slow build and whatnot. But I think he really has all almost cemented, um Basically, you know, a starting spot every week. I think that's how much he's come along. So it's it's amazing that you know it's happened all in the space of about six months. 
Yeah, definitely. And look, we've seen him show flashes of this in the youth league, the NPL as well. And it's really good to see one of those players that the Raw have developed in the time that we've been doing the podcast really getting a chance to step up as well. Yeah, it's a good point you made, James. He was probably right at the start of his Raw journey when we started this podcast three and a half seasons ago now. And his, his improvement since then has been amazing. And it does show you that there's a real, lot of real talent out there in Australian football at the lower, at the um, younger age groups. And that might be something that, it, depending on how, what, how their A-League looks on the back end of this, it might be something clubs have to do more of, just bring more young players through. And they've shown they're up to it. So that's a positive thing. Definitely. All right, look. I'm happy to call it there for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review podcast. What do you say, Scott? Why not? Adam? Yeah, let's uh, bring on the best ofs. Yeah, well, that's it. As as there is no football for us to recap, we are going to be taking a little bit of a hiatus ourselves in terms of fresh episodes, but we do have about 130... um, episodes of content, I'm sure some of it was good, uh, that we'll go back for and uh, produce a few best of specials uh, in the meantime to try and keep you all entertained until the football comes back. So I was going through the archives uh, last night just trying to find some good moments to bring back and when I say good I mean entertaining them. Some might not be some of the better moments in the Raw's uh, history but let's be honest for us it would get for some of our best rated shows of all time. He mean, when he says that, he means the episodes just make him look good. They're the ones you're going to hear. Oh, please, all of them do. <laughs> have Except we, have we vetted that list yet? No, I'll send it through to you after this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I'm sure so, all right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, in the meantime, I suppose all we can really say now is uh, stay safe. Uh, you know, do your best to get everyone you know through this happy and healthy. And... Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening and we'll be back when the football is. Thanks everyone for listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll see you on the other side. Ah. Uh.